0: This is MuggleCast, episode 26 for February 5th, 2006. GoDaddy hosting plans are now more powerful than ever. Best of all, plans start at just $3.95 per month. And No matter what plan you choose, your site receives 24-7 maintenance and protection in the GoDaddy.com world-class data center. I use them for my personal website, andrewsims.com, and I know that GoDaddy has some of the best affordable hosting plans online. I recommend you use them for your upcoming website or podcast, because as a MuggleCast listener, enter the code Muggle, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Hello everyone, and welcome to MuggleCast. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull.
1: I'm Laura Thompson.
0: And um, I'm Michael Teddino. And that's it! Four people this week, but this is the core group of MuggleCasters. We're not messing around. No no Ben. Well, Ben, I fired Ben for last week's show. (laughs) Uh, Kevin's off getting fitted for some wedding thing, and his own
1: wedding Kevin's getting married yeah Kevin's getting married
0: everyone yes Kevin (laughs) is getting married exactly what I was was implying (laughs) before we go anywhere else first let's get updated on the past week's top Harry Potter news stories with Micah Tan
2: thanks Andrew it was a busy week in the Harry Potter movie world a number of casting announcements were made for the fifth film Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix Ivana Lynch the 14 year old from Ireland who attended the open casting call for the role three weeks ago beat out 15,000 other Luna Lovegood hopefuls to become everyone's favorite Ravenclaw. And it was speculated about for months, but earlier this week, WB confirmed that Imelda Staunton will play the role of the newest Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Professor Dolores Umbridge. Natalia Tenna, who has starred in the BBC drama Casualty, and acted in movies such as About a Boy, will play the part of Nymphadora Tonks. Additionally, Helen McCrory has been cast for the role of Bellatrix Lestrange, and George Harris will play Ministry Auror Kingsley Shacklebolt. Catherine Hunter will take on the part of the neighborly, cat-loving squib, Arabella Fig. Hey, that rhymed. Finally, Michael Wildman has been cast as Mogorian, one of the centaurs from the Forbidden Forest, and Robbie Jarvis will play the part of a young James Potter, ensuring that the flashback scene from Snape's worst memory will indeed be in the fifth film. Filming for Order of the Phoenix begins February 6th. Moving to Goblet of Fire, the fourth Harry Potter movie has received one Oscar nomination in the category of Achievement in Art Direction for Stuart Craig, the art director, and Stephanie McMillans, the set director, work on the blockbuster. The winners for the 78th Annual Academy Awards will be announced on March 5th. And as a celebration of children's literature, new and old, the Queen of England will host a party for her 80th birthday in Buckingham Palace Garden on June 25th. Children aged 4 to 14 can apply through CBBC's website for an invitation. There are 1,000 invitations available, allowing each child to take a friend and parent or guardian. J.K. Rowling will be one of many famous children's authors attending. The Harry Potter author has also released a list of the top 10 books she thinks all children should read. You can check that list out, which includes titles such as To Kill a Mockingbird and Catcher in the Rye, over on MuggleNet.com. That's all the news for this February 5th, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, thank you, Micah. No problem.
0: Micah, how's, how's the uh, MuggleCast News Center doing, anyway?
2: It's good, it's good. It actually, uh... <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs>
3: just keep that wah. in. No, just keep <laughs> that in. Seriously, we'll just, we'll that just be like... Right
2: <laughs> it's good, uh... As if, Micah realizes, if, if you're, it's just... If, no, no, if, I gotta think of something. Let's No, this it. is live to tape. If
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to say something like, Well, we're going to dust it, I was going to be like, okay, you used that joke three years ago. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's start off with a few announcements, then we'll get into the discussion of news. We got tons of stuff for you this week. First of all, come on, it's a new month, and of course, as all of you know, it's time to vote for us to get a podcast alley. It's the one time a month that we ask. Uh, we appreciate it. Why do we ask ask you to vote for us? We, we've we never been number one. We've always been losers. <laughs> we're,
3: we're actually There's
0: going no to try. no one listens to this show anyway. Yeah. And as we briefly wow. mentioned, last week, MuggleCast t-shirts are now available on MuggleCast.com. You listen to us every week, but now here is your chance to wear <laughs> us. T-shirts, we, we have two different styles, Mike Bolt and quote-unquote Squares. Which is looking a lot like the Apple design. It's really cool. Uh, We all got our t-shirts. We all love them, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm actually wearing wearing mine right now. Yeah, Yeah, I wore mine all around uh, my town last weekend.
0: Did you? Yes, I did. Were you spotted?
1: No, I wasn't spotted, but I did have a couple of people ask me what it was. She was uh, squared,
3: Andrew.
0: By buying these shirts, uh, you do support the show, which we appreciate greatly because we need a little extra cash to upgrade some of our equipment. As you heard last week, <laughs> we, I, I suffered a bit. Uh, we had, we even had some problems just before when we started recording this. Um, so we thank you for your support, and thanks to Sam and Nate at samandnate.com who helped us design these shirts and get them made up for you guys. So check them out, com and then you click on Store. You know, we're always thinking about the show. We're always considering what to add next. And we have a new idea for editorial segment where... We're not sure of the name. We're not sure what exactly we would go into every week, but we want to cover a specific editorial on the MuggleNet editorial section of the website. So, if you have any editorial ideas that really stand out to you, send them in to mugglecast at staff.mugglenet.com, and then put it in the subject line "editorial segment" with your favorite ones. Uh, we're gonna think. We're thinking of interviewing the people who wrote them. Go in depth with them, ask them about their theories. Provide because,
2: direct links too, I would say, to the actual. Editorial.
0: Yeah, yeah, to make it easier for us, because those articles are really, really excellent. They're mm-hmm. just well written. They cover. They're just. They're just great. So we want to use the ones that you guys like the best. So please send them in. So thanks for that. Now, Laura.
1: Yes. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Uh, for the past few months, Elisa of MuggleNet fanfiction Fiction and myself have been working to start a charity with the intention of raising awareness and funds for the humanitarian crisis in Sudan. The situation over there is, frankly, it's sickening. Basically, there's genocide in Sudan, millions of refugees are being killed and starved, and the lack of awareness is making it harder to fix the problem. After the Holocaust, we said never again, and it's absolutely necessary that we uphold that promise. Uh, if you'd like to help us out with that, you can visit OperationSudan.org. I'll be posting that link over at the fan forums and um, see what we can do about putting it in the show notes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Awesome. It, it, you guys have created an excellent website along mm-hmm. with the help of, Thank lo and you. behold, MuggleNetGreg. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Muggle Greg. Not, not MuggleNet
0: Greg the real MuggleNetGreg. Not the John MuggleNetGreg, the real MuggleNetGreg. MuggleNet the real yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Greg was and, so good about it. He really has been instrumental in just making the site look great. So,
0: And you guys have put a lot of thought into this yes, website. Yes, it's, it.
1: it's been a long time in the making.
0: Very good. Thank you, Laura. And um, last but not least with the announcements, uh, as we said a little bit earlier, we do, we, we do want to apologize for last week's show. Really? My computer <laughs> had ran into a few problems. Um, it, it just said to me last week, Sorry, dude, I'm not helping you out. Um And then we were rushing to get it out because we always try to get it out Sunday night so you can have it for Monday morning, you know, get it before the week begins. Uh, So we do apologize. And, of course, our number one consideration is always making sure that you guys get the show on time and with great quality. And (laughs) last week we failed, so... Um, Andrew... (laughs)
3: I think you should say it without laughing. Um, I think it was more than quality issue as well. I think it's becoming to be content. And uh, a lot of the complaints I read over in the fan forums were that it was less content and more inside jokes between us and John, noy and, you know, podcasts yeah. and things like that. Um, so content... I saw... I mean, when you, yeah, when you when you say that you know, the content's bad and we're sorry because our equipment sucks, it, it's also our, our fault and I, I'd like to apologize. No, oh
2: Everybody no, I know shouldn't. it's our fault. Because, I Absolutely. mean, we just
3: we just went off topic way too many
1: times. Right. We did and um, I saw a lot of people um, upset about Emerson's power hour.
2: <laughs>
1: and-
0: well, well, listen guys, <laughs> let, me, let me give you a little secret. <laughs> um Ben is a little lenient on what goes in and what doesn't. Yeah, so. I
1: noticed. I noticed. <laughs> uh,
0: but, no, really, we are dedicated to getting it out in the best that it can be. Because, in the end, it is all about you guys. We're just the idiots that sit here and talk to each other about Harry Potter. Uh, so, we do apologize. And, from now on, they will be top-notch quality.
3: We promise. Always and forever. <laughs> oh, God. two hours per. Yeah. That's on my class ring. Did you know that?
0: No, no. I Actually, I didn't. I was completely unaware. Thanks for getting us off
3: topic. You're I, welcome. Let's go, no, <laughs> let, let's go back to Peter Pettigrew, this week's topic.
0: No, no. Well, first, before we get to Peter Pettigrew, um, there was so much news that happened over the past week. Order the Phoenix casting, mainly. Yeah. And then the Black Family Tree, the little car that J.K. Rowling is donating to Booking International for charity. First off, we'll start with the Black Family Tree. This revealed bits of new. It just information. depends on how
3: much we saw of it, really. We didn't see that much. Right.
0: No, we didn't. We only see we only saw part of it. Um most notably the Black family has relations to the Potter family and the Longbottom family. Um
1: the Weasley family
3: the, too. Wait, Potter? Yeah, it, wait, Potter?
1: I, I was not. Yes, uh, Potter.
3: Potter? Yes, yes, Potter. I just stared at that for like half an hour and I didn't get the Potter. Where was Our,
0: that? Uh Arcturus is also in there who has been rumored to be the R.E.B., that now that Arcturus that we see on the family tree, he's deceased, but a relative. That would make sense. That would make perfect sense. Right, for his middle name. Right. A couple, what I found interesting was on this little portion of it, we see two, what Joe, I assume, made out to be little black holes with missing names.
1: Yeah, where Um, Mrs. Black blasted them off the family tree.
0: I f- I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, I remember in the book that would be that would be serious, and then I think Andromeda Tonks' mom.
3: Ah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, they sounded to me like cigarette burns. That's what I kind of. That's what they <laughs> sort of look like, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: So that's that. Should we be hoping to see this this entire thing before it goes on sale? It's the question.
3: Um, I I think you'll get it. After I, I, I don't think we'll see it all before it goes on sale. Um,
0: well, I say that because they're having a open house huh. with all the items that will be up for auction. Now, you pay ten pounds, I think it is. You can walk in, take a picture of that, theoretically. But can you? If nobody catches you, uh,
3: I, I don't know. Well, I don't. Know. I, I think it's a matter of. <laughs> but someone them, could jot it down. D- doing it's it completely. Doing it.
1: Tell them that you're an official photographer for. Yeah. Uh huh. No, they,
2: they yeah, pay there thousands go. of dollars
3: <laughs> for that well, um,
2: somehow I'll get my hands on it. I mean, I got the Dumbledore's toast. I got the Fort Anglia. So yeah, so I get, an no get, of time before. It, I, uh, yeah, you have What What's sad Michael. is that you're not joking. That's the sad I part. Know. <laughs> I did spend a lot of money
0: on that toast.
1: Yeah, how do you think we're all getting to Vegas in July?
3: Yep. Yeah, it's my catan. <laughs> and his. But his but seriously,
0: um, if someone took a picture of this, seriously? of course we would love. Yeah. N- no pun intended. Um... If someone took a picture of this and sent it to MuggleNet or even one of the other sites, um, this could seriously decrease the the value of it because the hype won't be as big. You know what I'm saying? You just have a copy of
1: it saved to your desktop. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Who cares? Well, I mean, it is the original thing. This this is handwritten, correct?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: And her signature's right there. Yeah. I mean, that's
1: definitely something that a diehard fan would love to have, but at the same time, I think the knowledge is equally as important to the fans. So if they already have a, you know, a JPEG of it, then I I don't think anyone's going to be too fussed for it.
3: I don't think they need to show the entire thing to sell it. In fact, it's best if they didn't. Uh, The real question is, the people who buy it, will they want to spend all that money on it and then share it with the world, or would they want it to themselves? Whoever buys it. I would
0: think I would probably ooh jeez. I don't know. What would you guys would you keep I don't it for know. yourself? Soon?
1: I'd wait until book
2: seven
3: and then give it out.
1: If I spent all that money on it and it's like then everyone else can have it for free, I don't know. It yeah. just it's kinda I don't know. That's a
0: good point. I mean, but then again, you have the original copy that yeah, Joe actually drew out, you which is Priceless. I mean, yeah. except for at this auction.
3: <laughs> yeah, but then later on you'll find like a hundred thousand hand-drawn, you know, uh, family trees on eBay, signed by JKR. Right.
0: So, so it is interesting. We look forward to seeing that being sold. the The little book of seventy something words. Can't remember off the top of my head. Do you guys seventy seventy two words?
1: Mm, don't remember.
0: Is it was, it was in the seventies, I believe. Seventy words that never made it online. So. I would think that they would tell whoever won it, look, no, just
3: don't don't post it online. So. I don't think they can do that, uh, because it's the person's property then.
1: I guess we'll find out.
3: Uh, and then also the Order of the Phoenix
0: casting. Of course, there there were several big announcements this week. Most notably, we have our Luna. Imelda Staunton was confirmed, which we've talked about her in a previous show, but I'd just like to say I think she is perfect for the role.
1: She looks great. She really does.
2: Yep. Especially if you look at her picture over on... uh, What is it? Internet Movie Database? Yeah, IMDb. That shot of her looks exactly like IMDb. uh, IMDb is is a great site. But um, she
0: just looks perfect for her part. I can't wait to see her in costume. And I just can't wait to see her acting. And then the newbie... Well, the young newbie. 14-year-old Ivana Lynch from Ireland. Who actually attended the open casting call. Just like... A billion other people, and actually made it in, which I had found interesting because even before the open casting call—correct me if I am wrong—but Warner Brothers had narrowed it down to five people, correct? So what happened? Any ideas? Is, is Ivana that good?
1: She might be. She, you know, maybe they had those five people narrowed down as the you know five best out of everyone they saw, but maybe none of them you know, fit just what they were looking for. And that excites me. I mean, it really, it gets me pumped up because I think that this girl could, if she's really that good, then she can really do a spot-on job portraying Luna. I'm really excited about that.
0: I just think it's interesting. But yeah, like Laura said, it is pretty exciting. Um, And then, of course, she's had a background with the Brush of Fame. Um, She was in the hospital for, I don't think it was mentioned.
3: I mean, put it this way. If you can already Google her, she's, she's good fame material. She'll handle it well.
0: Yeah, well, by fame, I meant that she had just, um, she had gotten Book 5 signed. She looks like a good Luna, yes?
1: Yeah, I think she looks pretty good.
0: She matches the, uh, physical features, yes? (laughs) We're going Mm, for it. And then, of course, there were several other people who were cast, um, but there's not exactly much to say with anyone, because we haven't seen, heard much from them. Of course, they've all had some experience, but they're not, like, huge movie stars, yet again, not exactly big roles, so... Can't expect much,
3: but you can, in a way. Explain you can Eric. Still expect. Collaborate. There's a, there's an old adage, and it's kind of actually annoying even to me. But um, it says there are no small roles. Just, uh, just, sorry, there are no small roles, just small actors. What this means is basically, even if you only have one line that you as a character on stage or in a movie, you can make that. Simply the best line there is, and you you put your heart into it, and you you think, how would your character say this? And you can really establish yourself on screen, even without words. There have been characters that are really you know bold, and from a cinematographic point of view, uh, they they stand out. And so I think it be even though Kingsley Shacklebolt might just show up at you know Privet Drive and just be standing next to Moody as he says, you know, this is the different teacher than you've had before. You know, Brendan Gleason, who's obviously been with Dan Radcliffe, uh, Kingsley might just stand there, but at the same time, you know who he is, we know who he is, and we can have fun with that.
0: And then, of course, on a smaller note, it sort of got overshadowed by the wonders of Luna Lovegood and Umbridge and the like, that Robbie Jarvis was going to be playing young James Potter, which tells us that, yes, Snape's bad memory would indeed be in the movie which is exciting because I like seeing the stuff in the past. We haven't seen as much in the past. We haven't seen many past, you know what I mean, like seeing Yeah, we yeah. really haven't. Because this we're going to be seeing a younger
3: state then, right?
0: Yeah, well, that means we'll, we'll be, be seeing, seeing younger,
1: younger marauders, younger lily, everything,
3: yeah. younger everybody, which is I think they really need to capitalize on this because they cut all the past stuff out of movie 3 and the only past thing we've had is the chamber of secrets. You know, thing with Tom Riddle and Hagrid, well, and that really didn't happen. Well, that's not Fire true. In too. Goblet of Fire, yeah. you
1: had the, the court and everything. Mm-hmm.
3: But the, oh, those right. didn't give us great looks.
0: It no, was,
1: just... was it just me, or when you saw that, they didn't really make everyone look younger?
0: No, no, they don't. Tr- they never try, and they didn't try this time. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, I mean, as far as life at Hogwarts, by the way, when going back into the past.
1: Yeah.
0: Too. Yeah. So that that will be interesting.
3: Um. Also, I wanted to mention with. Uh, with Robbie Jarvis cast, there were a few people who were suggesting that since uh, since Harry and James were supposed to look so alike, why didn't they just get Dan Radcliffe to, you know, portray James? Yeah, oh, good good idea. Uh, um, I don't no, think that, they look
1: that alike, though. No, I don't, I, mean, I
3: don't either, and that's what I wanted to point out, too, is that I think it's better that they cast somebody else entirely because, first of all, I doubt they could make him up uh, to look any different, and I think it'd just well, be weird. I think it'd be more weird than
0: it would probably look weird, but it—if they were on a budget or something—it might not have been a bad idea. You could easily, come on, you got the makeup and stuff. They took a nose off of Ray Fiennes. They can do anything. Well, so. true,
3: true. But look at look at uh, you know um, sorry, Richard Harris in Chamber of Secrets when they made him look younger, or whatever. That he looked kind of—he looked completely different. That actually just disproves my point. But I mean. He looked really different. I don't know. Can don't... you
1: really... For some reason, I can't see Dan doing the the cocky thing very well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not insulting his acting skills, but I think he does a really good job portraying the role he's in. And I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just because I've seen him in four movies being you know so noble that I can't actually see him picking on someone.
3: Yeah. I, I also think uh, Harry... Or, or, sorry, Dan's Harry... Um, portrays more the Lily side of Harry than the James side of Harry. Yes,
1: yes, I think it I does. I think in the
3: movies, and I think that would probably create some a, a problem if he were to do James.
0: Now moving on to our main discussion of the week, as promised, Peter Pettigrew. What What? what, what Peter
3: Pettigrew. Pettigrew.
1: Remus and Ding, 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 ding. Yay. Wait,
3: what? You cut out, I'm sorry, what? Uh, You lost, that's the point. <laughs>
0: Let's uh, let's just inform everyone of some few basic facts. He is a unregistered animagus who can turn into a rat. He is short, balding, and plump. Peter sacrificed his right hand to renew Voldemort's body, and he bears a silver hand in replacement from his master, which of course is Lord Voldemort. Um, nothing is official, but he was considered at least half-blood since he was accepted as a Death Eater. And all that information is provided to us by, no, not not the HP Lexicon, but MuggleNet's very own encyclopedia.
1: I, you know, we've been checking... We actually we, used our own encyclopedia. We, yeah, wow.
0: <laughs> I, I was checking the Lexicon this week, and then I realized, wait a second, we have all this on our website. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. So we have a variety of questions to cover. Number one, most importantly, what drew him to Lord Voldemort?
1: Lord Voldemort's power, I think, because we know that Pettigrew is, um, he, he'll definitely side up with the biggest bully on the playground. And at the time, it seemed like Voldemort definitely had the upper hand. And then, you know, of course, his downfall to Harry, you know, he went and hid for 12 years.
2: What do you think Pettigrew went right after Voldemort, or do you think Voldemort kind of sought out Pettigrew? I think I
1: Pettigrew went for Voldemort. Yeah. I Pettigrew had did. to go for
3: Voldemort. Yeah. That's the whole point of making Pettigrew a secret keeper, was that Voldemort wouldn't seek him out. So I think Voldemort, uh, or the majority of it, would have had to have been Pettigrew going to Voldemort saying, I have this big secret for you. And even though Pettigrew blames Voldemort and says he has ways of persuasion, Voldemort wouldn't have just gone out, you know, on the street, picked a few people, you know, who were on the good side and said, I'm going to make you my servants. Because
2: he, he would have picked all the purebloods and stuff. So, yeah. But he was a close friend of James. Why wouldn't Voldemort want to well, that's what made him so good. seek out and convince those people surrounding the Potters to tr- sort of turn against them?
3: Well, no, he would. But at the same time, would he just go out... Again, you know, any he was their most pitiful friend. Would he just say, "Let's get all the"? I think he would try and convert uh, Sirius or Remus first, if if he was going. But if he was just looking for friends at the Potter's,
1: they said that um, that Pettigrew had been passing information to Voldemort a year before they died. So he probably went to Voldemort ages before he became secret keeper. And Voldemort, you know, probably said, "You need to become secret keeper. You need to do something to convince them that you should do it," and. It worked.
3: Well, it was yeah. It was suggested as a joke, actually, according to Sirius.
1: A joke.
3: Yeah, uh, he said that he suggested Peter Peter as a joke, almost.
1: Oh really? Oh, I don't yeah. remember that. Okay. Because who
3: would who would su- who would possibly suspect? But yeah. Now, as Micah said,
0: they were close. Uh, Pettigrew was close friends with James, but I just—is that an excuse for why Pettigrew went to Voldemort?
1: No, none of it's an excuse for what he did.
0: No, there's no excuse for what he did. Just why? What made him? I mean, because he grew up in a life, he was surrounded by the, he was was with James and Sirius. He spent a lot of time with them in Hogwarts, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I just don't understand why. Why, Peter?
1: Because he wants to sidle up to anyone who has power.
3: But at the same time... I don't know. I, I think they they definitely characterized him. In Prisoner of Azkaban, they said, you know, they, they actually said it to his face. They called him the person who, you know, would, would shackle up to anybody who had power and, and, you know, leech off them. But at the same time, there had to have been a point where Peter was then saying, you know, my side no longer has the power, except I don't know when that would have been. But, you know, for him to go to Volman, I mean, if, if you're going to be with anybody who is anybody from the good side, you should be with the potters. And that's who he was. So even though so Peter actually was on the best of the good side,
2: he just still chose to go over to the bad. But even though he was a part of that group, do you guys think that he was picked on a little bit? Like he wasn't sure the, he was. the star of the group. Well, oh yeah, so, of course. So maybe that was part of it too. Maybe part of it was well look how powerful I can be by going over to Lord Voldemort's side and look what I'm saying. I, I
1: think that's and it's it's just as immature as Snape taking things out on Harry. For what his father did, you know, I- I've always found it extremely immature that you have people who will take things that you did when you were 14, 15 years old and hold them against you when you're an adult. Well, it's like everyone makes mistakes. At thought- the same
3: time, uh, James never seemed to be one to apologize, at least, you know, his cockiness may have subsided, but. I don't think Pettigrew ever got an apology or anything that he was due because nobody, including, you know, Sirius and Remus, felt that he was due one. And no, probably
1: I, not. So I it's... think P-
3: Pettigrew's turning is a is a slap in the face and is a, hey, you know, you don't appreciate me, maybe Voldemort will more, um, which we know is not true, but I think that's probably what it was.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there was some of that in there, definitely. Along with the fact that he probably felt that as someone... You know, working so close with the potters and Dumbledore he was at high risk to be killed and he probably figured if I give this information to Voldemort then I'm on their side and they won't hurt me which is like that. very untrue
3: he valued his own life which was good and mm-hmm. not the life of the uh, marauders as a whole
0: now why did Dumbledore let him become secret keeper I mean in a way you think okay well it's because he's always hanging around him but around James but is, could that be the full reason why
3: um, is it is it in my memory that uh, maybe um, – is it just in my head that maybe Dumbledore th- thought that it might have been Pettigrew who was sneaking information to the Potters be- and he still let them make him Secret Keeper anyway?
1: I don't think that he had anyone specific in mind. I know Dumbledore offered to be the Potter's Secret Keeper.
3: Yeah, I know that too. But see, what happened was—I um, think
1: they knew that one of their friends was betraying them.
3: Yeah, and so I think even though Dumbledore has been characterized as always, you know, valuing choice and all this other stuff, even though he kind of sat by while they made Peter the secret keeper, I think he prob- probably should have objected um, to it.
1: What could he do though? Because I mean, the Potters well, were adults; he couldn't the same, tell them what to do.
3: I really, honestly, don't know why it wasn't Dumbledore anyway. Because that would have been. The because absolute... if it
1: wasn't Dumbledore, then the Potters wouldn't have been murdered, and there would be no Harry Potter. <laughs> there but would be no Harry that's, Potter That's series. a good
3: thing. No, that's a good thing. <laughs> not, not, not for the Eric content just... wise, but it's no. I was was it know, there'd thing, be no. There'd be no
1: MuggleNet, and there would be no. There would how be is no. It, how no. is it good, Eric? <laughs> Because James
3: and Lily would be, be alive, and there still would be a Harry, just not the Harry we know, so... And
1: there'd be no story.
3: <laughs> yeah, but Dumbledore should have been the secret keeper if, <laughs> if the Potters wanted to survive. That's all I'm
2: saying. Yeah, of course. Well, okay, so we understand each other. we going to talk about Sirius being it, too, but they yeah. thought that was too obvious.
1: They wanted to use Sirius originally. Yeah. But I think it was actually Sirius who suggested Pettigrew. Yeah, it was. Because he he basically said in Prisoner of Azkaban, I as good as killed them.
3: Yeah, because he joked, which is what I said. Mm -hmm. He joked about Mm -hmm. choosing Peter, and then lo and behold, you know, Peter was the upper hand, or had the upper hand.
0: Why wasn't he in Slytherin? Slytherin, because of of the way he is so self-protective.
1: I think it's proof that not all bad wizards are in Slytherin, because of course... In Sorcerer's Stone, it's either Haggard or Ron. I can't remember no, it's who both. told Harry No, it's, it's both. It's both, which is, yeah, because... But I think that that's more of a stereotype type thing. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of dark wizards that come from Slytherin. Um, but I really don't think that you necessarily have to be in Slytherin to be a bad wizard.
2: Yeah, and what he did, he did display bravery, even if yeah. it wasn't bravery in the good sense. Mm-hmm. By, Which is, yeah. and I
1: wouldn't call him a dark wizard anyway.
3: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Mike is entirely correct, and also, if you think mm-hmm. about it, even the Hufflepuffs are characterized as being bad people. You know, when they seclude themselves from Harry uh, with the Justin Finch-Fetchley thing mm-hmm. in Chamber of Secrets, everybody yeah, they were being has, loyal. They were being snooty, and and you know. Royal pains in the butts to Harry, and you know they weren't being nice people, nice, accepting, generous people, which shows that there aren't any in any house, or there aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just several is. factors. I mean, uh, yeah. being bad is a personality thing, and
0: of course. That's one of the factors. I think that goes into your sorting, but
3: there's other things too. Maybe all the, maybe it was his choice. Maybe all the power was in Gryffindor, so he's like, I'm going yeah. to shackle up to Gryffindor. Make, make mm-hmm. me Gryffindor.
0: So, so what? What powers
3: did he possess? What kind of magical ability? He's good at he's good at dealing with like things. Being a rat for thirteen, fourteen years, you know, out of his. Actually, do you guys think? Here's a good question. Do you guys think that he ever revealed himself to Percy? No. no. If he did, all those times living as him,
0: if, if the surprise would have been just as big as it was with uh, Ron. I don't see why he would. And I'm pretty sure I remember reading that he did stay in secrecy for that entire time.
1: Yeah, I don't think he would, really. Because as as corrupt as Percy is, I don't think that he's going to be a Voldemort supporter.
3: I agree with that. Um, My problem was, of course, with uh, well, the Prisoner of Azkaban movie. It all happened so fast when he came out of that. Um, you know, and he was so used to walking around like a human and stuff, it just seemed like he'd would b- done it before or something. But that was all probably to do with just how he acted in, you know, in the movie and how he was directed and everything like that. Because um, mm-hmm. he was, a lot of people complained, too, when talking about um, Pe- uh, Timothy Spall as Peter. They said he did it too mousy, you know, too, you know, not human enough uh, and it, it was almost silly watching this, like, overgrown rat type thing. But I just felt that well, it was... Well, in the book, you know, that's how that, it
1: described him, though. That he... and I, Yeah. That and even I, as a human, he seemed rat like...
3: He was rather done well in, in gobbled a Fire, I felt. So it just showed... It was just a matter of what we saw in the movie. Uh, I, um, I would agree. So now, if if Peter didn't ever reveal himself to Percy and everything like that, where was... Where was... um. Where was Peter in book five? Because he wasn't mentioned like at all. And even in book six, he was only mentioned in the very beginning. Do you remember that in, mm-hmm. in with Snape and Spinner's End? But he wasn't mentioned at all the rest of the book. He wasn't even at the end of book five. He wasn't even in the big battle with all the Death Eaters.
1: I think in an interview, I can't remember specifically which one, but someone asked where he was during book five, and she said, "You will find out eventually."
0: And we didn't find so out really. So he might have been. Prince. Which helps oh, well, us so little. <laughs> well, I mean, we, did, no, there's I, we didn't find book. out in I half think... footprints. Prince, but my thoughts on that is if mm-hmm. they don't show up in a book, then they're not doing anything that is super important. Um,
1: no, I think it's a either that, Either that or they're doing something very important that we're not supposed to know about. <laughs> I just yeah. don't
0: understand why you would avoid mentioning him. It just like is Joe that is that Joe's writing style where if you don't mention someone it's assumed that
1: Well, not necessarily. Well, no, it's but there is such thing as if, a red herring. Yeah.
3: And and you know the absence of signs is a sign.
1: I think she wanted to draw our attention away from a lot of things in book 5 <laughs> and in book 6 as well just by not mentioning the department of mysteries really. I think she's trying to draw our attention away from that so she can set up, you know. Yeah. The plot um, for book seven.
3: Traditionally, the style with JK, too, when she doesn't want to mention something, she'll still at least have it exist in the book. Like, it won't completely, completely drop out, even though it seems like it will. It'll still be there a little bit, just enough so that when she does bring it back, we'll still remember it, such as Gilderoy Lockhart and things like that. You know, there was a the mention in, in uh, I think it was book three, which was after Lockhart, that, you know, Hermione said, no, it was book four. Um, when Hermione was going on about how she doesn't like people for how they look, and then Ron joked, Lockhart, you know, he made that, cough, Lockhart, cough, you know, ha, Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just her way. Obviously, we saw Lockhart in book five, which was really weird because yeah. I just completely didn't think of that. But he's there, and he's ever present in the background.
1: And something that that reminds me of is in, I want to say it was book five, when Hermione was asking Fred and George where they were getting all this money for their joke shop, one of the twins said, ask us no questions and we'll tell you no lies. And I think that that is her attitude towards it.
3: I agree. Um, the, only, the only difference is between lies and what she actually changes her mind about. I don't think, uh,
1: she's, not, I, I don't think she's going to lie, but I think it was definitely um, a present theme
3: yeah, but the question is will she actually ever – are any of the major book secrets do you think she actually changed her mind about um, that, that might actually change and might actually maybe contradict a possible – see, we have to understand there are so many things that um, she has to finish up with book seven. Are c- Could it be possible that maybe once she gives us this, this answer, this final answer, that they actually contradict one or maybe even more things that she's actually said in the past?
1: It's possible. I mean, when you are writing something as epic as this, oh, of course, which there is, are going to be I mean, inconsistencies. She's
3: been writing for fifteen years, hasn't she? I mean,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And she
0: said on her website uh, just a couple of weeks ago that she was trying to avoid, you know, getting screwed up with the plot, but it's just going to happen, especially with a book so in depth, in depth like this, and it's already turned up so far, and it's parts of it have been fixed in some revisions of the books, but it, you know, I think it's impossible. Joe does great, but. You know. But she's human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so so, how did he get to the Weasleys? How did how did Percy pick him up? Could he could he have gotten into a store and, or he was just crawling on the street?
1: Did it ever say? I don't think it. I'd did. be more interested
3: no. in I'd be more interested in figuring out why. Like, if Mister Weasley was all like hanging around in a coffee shop and saw a rat, why he'd want to give it to his son Percy as a pet? You know, oh, oh yeah. look, a rat. This would be a good a rat, pet. cool. <laughs> cool. It's a muggle rat, you know. Well,
1: but it's something did, we can... Did afford. Pettigrew
0: intend to get into the Weasley family?
1: Yes, he did.
3: Okay. Um, I think we can give him that.
1: In Prisoner of Azkaban. Where he says he sure it shackled
3: was... up to make sure that he knew the yeah, news. Yeah, they were
1: like... Sirius was like, yeah, made sure that you, you know, got into a wizarding household where you could hear the news here if your old master had come back and all this other stuff. So I think it's not... I'm not sure that he was looking for the Weasleys specifically, but he was definitely looking for a wizarding family. I mean,
0: it, it's completely possible he could have been aiming to get into the Weasleys. And they are pretty gullible, so... <laughs> Especially Mr. Weasley, you know, with his what, muggle fascination. What, you think he picked up the rat
1: and started talking to it, no. Andrew? Was he no, like... No, I'm, I'm saying his Are faci- you an evil
0: wizard? I'm saying his fascination <laughs> yeah. with muggle, muggle anything. He's just fascinated yeah. with anything. The guy's like, you know... So,
1: well, he's very curious, yes, and I think yes. that if he found just a normal garden rat, he would—that would be something he would like to have.
0: And since they're poor, they can't exactly afford it, so Percy gets it. It, you know, it makes okay. sense.
3: Okay, uh, I guess the next thing is why didn't he attack Harry prior to uh, Book Three? But I think that's also already been been answered in the book too. Yeah, um, where he needed the assurance that if he was going to act, that he needed to, or maybe that was was that about Lucius Malfoy?
1: No, that was about Pettigrew. He would need somewhere to go, and we and he doesn't want to do anything unless it directly benefits him. Right. You
2: know? um, it was just an added. Okay. He wouldn't want
1: to do it under Dumbledore's nose. Yeah. So wait, guys. Voldemort was back.
3: Now Pettigrew really is the character in the books next to Snape, um, who gets no love. And and would you guys agree with that? Because I mean, here he is, and he's this, and he he is a bad person. I I will I will agree with that. That's been argued. Um, He is a bad person, he's chosen all bad things, but he's really had to take the crap from the Marauders all his life, and here he goes, and he sides up with Voldemort, and causes the whole series to spin out of control, but at the same time, he still gets no love. And when we did see him, the very little we did in Book 6, he was being abused by Snape, who was also abused by the Marauders, Um, you know, he's getting abused, and he's getting, you know, he's this little servant-slave thing, make-me-tea-or-else type kid. He's not getting any kind of affection from either side.
1: Yeah, um, (laughs) I wouldn't give him any affection.
3: (laughs) Besides the fact that he's, you know, only a mother could love him, what do you guys think?
1: Besides the fact that he betrayed his best friends to their death... Why doesn't anybody love him? Why doesn't
3: anybody lo- No, really, nobody did before. He was this short little fat kid and, and McGonagall never treated him properly and
1: Well we don't know for sure that we don't we don't know for sure that no one loved him. I mean he definitely got a lot of tough treatment, but I don't think it's an excuse at all because with no, me yeah, and my friends, an we excuse. make we make fun of each other all the time. I agree. And it's just – it's like there's I'm a, not going to go and betray them. There's
3: a point when too much is too much though and they can respect that. I mean it's just – no, I, I'm well, not yeah, giving – but they I'm, were
1: young people and they weren't thinking and well, they right. weren't no, expecting no, exactly. him to uh, do and what I, he did. And believe me,
3: I'm not saying – this is this is completely different from the Barty Cratch Jr. thing. I'm not <laughs> saying that – I wasn't going to bring it up. No, this is, this is not saying that that Wormtail deserves – uh, lo- everybody deserves love, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm not justifying his actions. I'm just saying that, um, you know, he really took a lot of crap, and it's really unfortunate that he still has to take crap with Voldemort. And he's never. He's never really going to be the good side. The bad side isn't any
2: better than the good side. It's in fact, it's worse. Mm-hmm. Well, are you saying that Pettigrew should have gotten more love, or Wormtail should be getting more love? I would assume it would
3: be. I don't know. It's interesting. Just the fact that you classify them as, like, two different people. Pettigrew was... I, I, I see the character of Peter Pettigrew as being somebody who was, you know, always not as as skilled as, as he was able to let on, and, and he was satisfied with at least, you know, just living the life of the greats. Um, but there was a point where I think he had to become his own person and kind of take his own, you know take his own path, and that was when he decided that the rap he'd been getting, maybe he could do without it. If he, he he saw himself as becoming valuable once once he started getting information from the Potters, and this wasn't just about their secret keeper. This was obviously a year before, but I think there was a point where he started seeing that he was a valuable person, but not to... Not to the good side anymore. That he was starting to become valuable to somebody else, and maybe he wanted to try to see. Um, maybe he did want to try. Maybe he just wanted to to give it a, a little little dab into the uh, dark side and see if he could actually be possibly more appreciated or more happy with himself on the bad side. Which I actually think he is probably more happy.
1: I just see him as sort of a pathetic person, really. Like well, he'll he has- get him. He'll get himself pulled in way too far. You know he'll he'll get in over his head and he won't even really have realized what he's done. Um, I think possibly if he knew, if he could look into the future and see what all was going to happen to him in the future, he probably wouldn't do what he did. But not because of you know out of you know love for the Potters I agree. out of you know I agree entirely love for That's, himself. Yeah,
3: for himself, I think looking back, he would probably change it. Not for the Potters, I agree with that.
0: Here's another question: Who is more trusted by Lord Voldemort? Snape or Pettigrew, and I'll say. With... Okay, great, <laughs> thanks, Eric. Uh, I just like to voice my opinion here that yeah, well, at this point, I think it's Snape too. Pettigrew's mm-hmm. too weak. Snape's got the trust and the power.
2: Yeah, you, I even, think so too.
1: Even Pettigrew's after... got the
0: trust, and that's it.
1: But I think that it's possible that Voldemort would use his followers to spy on one another. I think that um, to test having... loyalty. Yeah, I think that having Pettigrew and Snape in the same house was sort of a double win for him to keep them, you know, in line, keep them spying on each other. See, that's the thing. I mean,
2: Wormtail has shown his loyalty throughout the series to Voldemort, whereas Snape has been the one who's always been in question. So why would we all of a sudden naturally assume that it's Snape that's watching over Wormtail as opposed to the other way around? And I like that. that's a I think it's
1: both ways. Well, it was just
2: the way Micah just worded that. It
3: fit exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted to ask, and that was that was brilliant. That was brilliant, Micah, because uh, I don't know. It makes it, it, it's a complete opposite. It makes sense. We'd be we should be suspecting Snape would be you know the one who's being spied on because mm-hmm. v- Pettigrew has clearly said you know Pettigrew. It's not a question if he's good or bad because he is bad, and the problem is he can't be trusted by Voldemort because Voldemort chooses to. Um, chooses to value the morals of it. For you know, Voldemort's not a more moral person, but yet he realizes that Pettigrew only does what he wants out of fear instead of wanting to. And, and I guess and he that looks-
1: Pettigrew would leave at the drop of a hat if the opportunity came up and it would uh, it would benefit him. And keep him safe. I guess
3: he sees that, but fear is a lot more powerful than choice, I think. Or I think Voldemort would at least try and think that way, but he's not.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, he's, I mean, he's afraid to leave and probably even more afraid since he's, you know, allegedly being watched over by Snape.
3: And assuming that, assuming, well, assuming that Voldemort trusts Snape, uh, he's trusting somebody who, even if he was bad, would only want to be in it and doesn't... He Snape doesn't feel compelled to have to be in it. You know, mm-hmm. even if he, even if Snape were a bad guy, it's still a choice he makes and I think that's interesting to observe that Snape is actually choosing to be on the bad side whereas Peter is choosing but also he fears for his life and it's more pa- I think Peter is more likely to stay on the bad side than Snape. And yet Voldemort uh, trusts Snape more.
2: Yeah, and I don't even know if weak is the right word because somebody mentioned this before to describe Wormtail. I don't necessarily think he's weak when you consider all the things that he's done throughout the series.
1: He's. Who said that?
2: That wasn't me, wasn't
0: it? I I don't remember. Well, because I I didn't say weak, I just said he wasn't as powerful.
1: I think when you compare him to the likes of some of the Death Eaters, he is weak, but he's definitely. He's a good rat. That's what he is. I mean, he's good at sneaking around and.
3: He really is.
0: He's He's sort of like peeves only more worthwhile. <laughs> Just scooter like, the attitude. I don't know. He's sort of annoying, but...
1: I find uh, Peeves to be funny. I find oh, Peeves Peeves is
0: funny, but he's annoying.
3: He annoys Harry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all his strange words and ickle and... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I wish they
3: had... Potty, wee lad, potter, water, lee <laughs> lad, blah. So,
0: what, what is the silver hand meant for, if anyone? I, I see it as, like, Voldemort's reward to to Pettigrew. Like, mm-hmm. check out this silver hand. Ooh. He's he's a rat, exactly. He's fascinated by shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> like sewer pipes
2: right?
3: yeah and, yeah and and cheese
1: <laughs> in all seriousness i think the hand probably has some magical ability it's topic
3: it's topic should voldemort you know what exactly is silver now think of this okay you just brought me back i'm not going to give you a, your regular hand back i'm, I'm going to give you a silver hand back i didn't even think voldemort thought about it i didn't even think it was a second thought like gee, you were actually a decent you know friend to me i'm gonna give you a silver hand what's I, the advantage I, though
1: well, it's probably got some kind of magical ability. It I has, I really guess, though.
0: more powerful spells if you have your wand in that hands.
2: Well, Joe said that people naturally assumed that since it would si- uh, silver and silver bullets kill werewolves, that there was going to be some kind of connection there. But she sort of struck down the whole lupin thing when she updated. Yeah, her but again, yeah. why does nobody accept the idea that it could be the bad werewolf,
3: that other guy, Greyback? That, that
1: i think it's possible
3: whenever i mention that everybody goes silent and i'm like you know that could be he could just kill Greyback.
1: that could be his debt to harry i mean paying off his whole debt his life debt and stuff i don't know i don't know if he will kill anyone purposely but i think that it's a definite possibility i I wanted to say also
3: when when voldemort gave him inadvertently
1: caused the death of
3: yeah, it's it's not like Voldemort was planning ahead to have to kill a werewolf, and so he said, "Hmm, you know, I'm gonna you 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 saved me, resurrected me. I'm gonna give you a silver hand so that you can fight off a werewolf one day." You know, I don't mm-hmm. think he said that. I think it was an offhand type thing, no pun intended. <laughs> I
0: I can also see it as just a way to, you know, excite Pettigrew over nothing. You know, he's like a child. He's easily, what, what's the uh, he's. <laughs> What's the word? Though? Easily, easily he's, contented. No, nah, I was gonna say gullible. He's, oh. you know, ooh, silver hand, and the kid's off to play with it <laughs> in a in a non in a weird way. No, no,
1: we weren't thinking in a weird way.
3: It's just a cute thing to say.
1: <laughs> no, also, I think it's um a way of making sure that he remains loyal by thinking, hey, if I keep doing this kind of stuff, he'll keep giving me more stuff. You know, oh, yeah, I agree.
0: Two silver hands
3: instead of It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's <yeah. laughs> Yeah, exactly. He'll, he'll, soon Why he'll that? have a silver foot.
0: <laughs> so, well, we've sort of talked about this in different questions, but how will he repay his debt to Harry? We just suggested, oh, the, the silver hand can do it with Greyback. Mhm. Um, Any other theories? I just it's saving him from Voldemort in book seven. I
3: yeah. I want to talk to. I want to talk about the unlinking of of Voldemort's inner circle. Um, And just how Pettigrew is going to fit into that and possibly repay his debt in the meantime. Um, I think we characterized Pettigrew before as being the kind of person, and I think this was mostly due to Lara, uh, the kind of person who would stumble into helping fulfill Harry's, you know, his debt to Harry, rather just say, okay, I have to go help Harry now. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that he'll necessarily say, okay, the good side is where I truly should be before he helps Harry. You know, I don't know that that'll
1: happen. I could see Harry forcing him. Seriously. I, I could seriously see if if they somehow took him prisoner, I could see Harry, like, pointing his wand at him and saying, you will do this for me, or I
0: will yeah. kill you. But Bullying him you. around in P- Prisoner Rascuman. I well, I, Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, check, the, so. the thing
3: is also, Harry wouldn't have to do that too, which is the question, is what is the debt? Because Harry wouldn't have to push him around. I mean, I'm sure that would be effective and all, but I don't know how we're going to find out what exactly his debt is to Harry, because, you know, it's not going to... I don't know how Harry's going to find out, and Pettigrew is probably unaware that he even has a debt. So...
0: Yeah,
1: it all depends on how debts work, if they're actually... I mean, if if there's a specific span of time in which it has to be completed, or...
0: Or is it similar to an Unbreakable vow where yeah. it has to be done? But, Pettigrew's got really nothing to lose, He's not in any sort of it sounds stupid, but he's not in any sort of relationship or he doesn't have some reputation
3: built up that's absolutely vital. Which he's means not trying he's, to save the world. You he's know just a pedigree. He's a yeah. tool. Which to means he's not going to die also. Like if he had if he had like a girlfriend and a family and everybody loved him, he'd probably die following the JKR rule. I was saying the exact opposite that in fact I he's got he nothing to die. lose. <laughs> yeah. So why I not go back? Why not go back on this debt? I'd like I'd like to see Pettigrew dying for Harry's cause. I would like to see Snape die for Harry's cause. But he won't. <laughs> Snape is Snape is evil. But I would like to see yeah both. Um, but Pettigrew, feeling is dead. Um, it's just a question of I don't know. He might find the courage to. I don't know that he'll stand up to Voldemort, but he did stand up to. Sirius and, and, and Remus in the Shrieking Shack, there was a point where he did did he not say something that was something to the effect of uh you know, he gets no respect or something? And then it was I don't uh, I mean he said a lot he said a lot of crazy things. He said a lot of crazy things and especially like the whole you know, I made a better rat, and then Sirius told him that's nothing to brag about. But at the same time I think it's just the future and how Pettigrew repays his debt, I think, just depends on what he'll see as good and evil when the time comes. And, and I don't think he's necessarily a good person, so...
0: And beginning to wrap this up, what will his faith be in Book 7? Uh, there's so many different ways this could go. <laughs> he could completely bail out, like I was just saying. He's got nothing to lose. Why not run off again, or... Not, I'd hate to say commit suicide, I mean, with anyone it's kind of depressing, but... I, I
3: just realized something. What's that? <laughs> um, He can't, whatever he's been doing, um, and whatever he does, he can't be seen to the public. Because that would mean that Sirius Black was innocent if he were still alive. Whatever he does, he can't show himself to the wizard public. Do you guys agree with that? But people – yeah. Because it would create the gradual unlinking and show that –
1: Well, that was why they killed Bertha Jorkins at the beginning of Goblet of Fire.
3: Exactly. So whatever he's been doing lately, he had to be utter uber top secret with it. And whatever he does in the future has to be maybe – I don't know, but maybe he actually has to – maybe he'll come forward or, or something in the future. I don't know, but I think
1: he's going to die. Personally, maybe
3: he will. But the fact is, that's what sucked about book three was that nobody knew that Pettigrew was alive, and they couldn't prove it. But
2: Mm -hmm.
1: if
3: they saw Pettigrew, I mean, that alone would would have some value, at least in the wizard public's understanding of what's been going on, and at least they're, you know, they're kind of
2: uh, getting to know that. Dumbledore had been telling the truth mm-hmm. all the time. I don't see Pettigrew really straying from Voldemort very much in the next book. and Like Laura said, I think if he repays Harry at all, it's almost going to be by mistake. And if he does die, I really don't know who's going to kill him either. I mean, it could be any of the Marauders. It could be Voldemort for accidentally repaying Harry somehow. But in, in the end, I really think that he's a goner.
0: You know, when you think about it, to quote Micah next week... Someone's got to whack him off. It was last week. That's all there is to it. This week.
3: <laughs> I said last week. You said next <laughs> week. No, you said next to week. To Micah, next
2: week. Uh, we record gonna... episodes
0: <laughs> in the future, and 26 was actually before 25. And that, that's how it works. I think that just about wraps that discussion up. Any, anything else you guys want to cover?
1: I think we covered him pretty well. Okay, I'm out of here. Bye.
0: <laughs> 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 No, we still got way more to do. Andrew's Listener Challenge Update for this week. We've gotten, well, I've gotten many emails from people asking questions about their segments. Um, In case you didn't listen to episode 25, uh, I started a brand new contest this week, well, starting this week, where you will create a MuggleCast segment that will go on to the show. To just touch on a couple of things here your segment must not be any longer than 7 minutes in length it must relate to harry potter in some way shape or form your segment must be turned in no later than february 18th 11:59 p.m. eastern standard time so get a start on them now winners will have their segment aired on mugglecast as i mentioned before and all participating hosts will win a shiny mugglecast t-shirt they are beautiful. They they really are. I love they them.
1: Really nice. they, I they really are nice. I really like mine. So
0: if anyone has any other questions, you can always email them to andrewstaff.mugglenet.com. Good luck, and we cannot wait to hear your segments. Now it's time for the Las Vegas minutes. We haven't had to, we haven't done one of these in a while, and then we'll wrap it all up with a fine fine dueling club. The reason we're we're only going to do these Las Vegas minutes when we have actually something to say, and that is okay. I'm going to time it. Good. All Eric, right, Andrew. Okay. No. Space is running out for you to Sign up for Lumos 2006. So if you are interested in going, we are going to be there. We are going to do the live podcast. That is the final decision. Um, w- there hasn't been like an official announcement through Lumos yet, but they're working on you know all this stuff, and we're going to post lots of information on mugglecast.com. But Please register soon if you're interested because space is running out. Seconds. Space is running out, space is running out. So good.
1: Get... Not to mention the rates get higher the yeah. longer you wait. And yeah. the hotels right now, they only get higher. It's 160 and sometime in May I want to say it jumps to 180. Yeah. The, um, the hotel
0: quick the, the hotels are running out too and we really if you think you can come then come then because the place is beautiful where we're all staying at and where the convention is being okay, held. Okay. A huge uh, group of momentators will Bye. be here.
3: Okay, time. It's is one minute. Oh, oh and Wait, you are you going, Eric? Time? This? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. Oh, I, I wasn't I'm aware of that. My whole f- oh, yeah, my mom and mom and sister oh, and, and that's me. That's
0: nice. I get, I get to meet the skulls. And, and just real quick, um, yeah. it's funny because Eric and I just realized that we're both about 45 minutes away from Philly, so... We're we're going to try to like meet up and record a couple of these shows together cuz I know he tends to rant a lot so yeah. this way I can actually punch him when he starts to go off too much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, I'm like going to be uh,
1: I'm going to be in DC in Are May you? so we should all we should all get together Yay. and do to a group recording.
3: For for some reason, I'm getting the image of like sockum boppers with Andrew and Eric sitting at like a cafe. <laughs> That's what and, I was doing, although Eric and, wouldn't punch you know, back. Punch and my jaw comes off. <laughs> and then, no, I wouldn't. Do that. <laughs> my my hands my hands my hands would be holding uh, book course, six or something.
0: So now moving on to this week's dueling club, we had this idea where instead of deciding who we would duel beforehand, two of us would throw a name out there and then we'd. Compare the two. So, huh. you guys want to try this? Sure. I thought it'd be—I thought it'd bring a little more excitement to the uh, the premises. Okay. So, um, me and who wants to go? Who Wants to fight me.
1: I don't And know. then we have to defend our own character. <laughs> I'm intimidated. Fedora
3: uh, Tonks.
0: No, 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 no! You don't get it. You have to say it at the same time as someone else. Uh, Laura, do you have your character?
1: Um, let me think. Um. Mm. Yeah.
2: Three, two, one, Petunia. Bellatrix
1: was strange.
3: Petunia and Bellatrix. What do we um, think? Um Petunia and Bellatrix. That was see, this was good. <laughs> Andrew Who chose Petunia? I did. <laughs> she's she's not the she's not the ordinary she's she's not the ordinary uh auntie, but at the same time, I, I think anybody Battling Bellatrix, you know Bellatrix probably has the upper hand just because yeah. she's so more evil and more. you
0: Yeah, know, I was but about it,
1: to say. I think Bellatrix would pretty much uh, pwn Petunia.
0: Micah, it's me and you now. Let me let me gather my thoughts here for a moment. I know. Okay, gathered. You ready? We got one, Micah.
3: Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, guys. Okay. All right, Andrew, Micah. Yes. Play safe. Play fair. Okay. Three, two. Okay. One. Shoot. Luna Davi. Lovegood. Luna Lovegood and Davi. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Well, we haven't really seen much from Davi besides... Well, okay. Yeah, he's, we have. He's, got, he's relatively powerful.
2: He took down Lucius Malfoy. Good,
0: Mikey. You defend him. You said
2: it. <laughs> well, he's relatively powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we saw what he did to Lucius, mm-hmm. right? At least in the movie. I don't know.
1: He did it in the book too.
2: Uh, okay, and uh, he made him lose his hair tie. He, he just, he just seemed. Once he was sort of set free, we've seen more things from him throughout the books, and we talked about this, I think, in another episode. We're not really sure exactly what type of powers uh, that elves possess, but based upon how he's just able to shoot his hand out and send Lucius flying down the hallway. I think he would be able to handle Luna pretty well.
0: Actually, I would have to agree with that. because
1: What happened to defending uh, your character?
0: Well, because I didn't... See, this is the thing. You don't know who you're going to put him up against. He wasn't
2: ready for the Dobster. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I was well, defeated. That's
1: fun. That's fun. I, we should do that again.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Um. Wait, but i gotta, I got to defend <laughs> Luna now. i got to stick
3: up for her a little bit. So... Her father is an editor, and he can slander Dobby all he wants to. So nobody, nobody would know, even, even, even if this, the truth was a Dobby, PWN, Luna, you know, nobody would know about it. Everybody read the Quibbler, and then it would be like, oh, Luna just whooped that elves, Patinsky.
0: I think Luna just seems too unsure about herself to really be able to fight.
3: But she could hear the voices and see the Thestrals.
0: Yes, because that's because she's weird, but th- that doesn't suggest hey, that she's a powerful wizard. Weird is good. Um, weird is. Good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it doesn't mean that.
1: Um, you kind of broke out there for oh. a second.
0: I didn't see. I didn't say she was mean. I'm just saying that she was. She's not. That doesn't mean she's a powerful mm-hmm. wizard.
1: No, it doesn't. Why'd I pick her? But we can assume. I don't know. I can <laughs> really assume that she Andrew's is. And like, gonna, why did I pick Luna? <laughs> No, no, no. Seriously, because we know that her mom used to do tests with all these really powerful spells. So her mom must not have, you know, been too shabby at magic.
3: Actually, yeah. And who knows what that, you know... I think I think Luna's very powerful. I think we'll see more from Luna.
0: We have not seen Luna as a bad person. As a bad, as a bad Why wizard. Would? Why would? Just, I don't know. There could have been an occurrence. Oh. So, it's completely possible that in Book 7... She ends up, you know, making comeback.
2: Now, no, what happens she, I, if it's Luna and Dobby versus Petunia and Bellatrix?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's too complex. <laughs> I can't.
3: Um. No, i I think. Uh, I think it's two on one. No, Petunia would take down Dobby for being in yes. her hydrangea <laughs> oh, bushes. Yeah. In the beginning of that, she'd be like, "I, you left those things in my bushes and." It's like Whack-A-Mole. <laughs> it's okay, it's can like we stop using that Petunia. word, please? <laughs> just r- that you know, know, is a word is officially banned from all cast. Whack. Whack. <laughs> banned from all the cast. But right. it's like Whack-A-Mole. I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on Macromedia Fireworks or whatever. I'm going to play with it, and I'm going to come up with a game that is like Whack-A-Mole with Petunia <laughs> with a broom, and she's oh, running yeah, around God. the back, and like Aunt Marge is floating in the background. All right, and well, thank you, Eric. So an- anything else like you guys want
0: to discuss this week? It was a busy news week. It definitely was. Micah, you, you were busy in your news
2: center this uh, week. I, I really was. I'm going to have to read all of those names, too, that we couldn't pronounce before.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. Well, guys, I think that does just about do it for episode 26 of MuggleCast.
2: I'm... One more thing.
0: Oh, what's that, Micah?
2: I just... I wasn't the only one who came up with those questions there. Uh, Kim Parker. Oh my god,
3: you're kidding!
2: <laughs> you want to oh, talk yes, about... yes, you've
3: got ES.
2: Yeah, she did a good job with some of those questions, so we just wanted to thank her. Oh, okay. Because they, Thanks, they, Kim. they, thank they you, did Kim. help out with the discussion.
0: Kim hurt my feelings last week in the Leaky Lounge, but I won't go into that. So... <laughs> No, you just I did. I said I won't go and do it. I hurt your going to sound magically disappear. From yeah,
1: and you're not mean to me.
0: <laughs> so, so thank you, Kim. Sorry we couldn't get the pre-show out for you. Um. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Oh, speaking of pre-show, speaking Andrew. of pre-show, I almost forgot. How could I forget to mention the mug? The live podcast video from New York City is now out and available for your viewing pleasure on MuggleCast.com so definitely go and check that out. It's they are pretty big video files. If you're a dial-up user, um, you're gonna have to go over to a friend's house or at school to watch them. But um, yeah, Andrew,
3: I heard you took a screenshot. It's I heard you took a screenshot of your computer uploading. Yeah, because people like, are so desperate, thing, and then it came out on, like, on
0: AndrewSims.com. Yes, so many people. But it came out a week later. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I said a few days. I didn't want to be very specific. Definitely check this out. It's a very fun video. You see us doing the podcast, and you see the crowd. Everyone's so excited. You see Eric, because Eric was like right in front of the camera. <laughs> so once again, I am Andrew Simps. I am Eric
3: Skull.
1: I am Lauren Thompson.
2: And I'm Micah Tanabe.
0: By the way, I was just kidding earlier. Uh, I didn't fire Ben. However I could (laughs) No, Probably not You would probably body slam me and then I'd be like Okay Ben hired you Um, Ben did hire (laughs) me for MuggleNet That's true but I hired him for MuggleCast So he'll be back next week hopefully Kevin will be back and Kieran will be back Uh, Kieran's in London London This week He's doing something Londonish That is unspeakable So thanks everyone for listening And we will see you next week for episode 27 Goodbye.
1: Adiós. Goodbye.
3: Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Stop. Goodbye. Stop. Bye. Stop. Bye. Bye now. Let's see.
0: Listen as Laura, Eric, and Micah try to figure out how to host the show without me. We have this girl, Ivana. I don't have her full name up right now. Oops. Hold on one second. She's calling you. I know she's calling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hold on hold on a second. Yeah, you guys can talk about her. Um What do
1: you guys think of her? I Don't laugh at fun. me. I'll try to start a conversation here.
3: <laughs> I, I No, they, the, uh, they had her on... Uh, when we linked to her mother MuggleNet, we did that, that other article we found about... That was supposedly about her, you know, in Harry Potter. Yeah. Do you remember that? And then... Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like, she's clearly a Harry Potter fan, which is good mm-hmm. because there are some girls who would show up for the audition and not know a single thing about it and you know, really rip all the diehard fans
2: slash actresses off.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we know that there are actors in the movie who haven't read the books, so I'm... Like
2: good old Michael Gambon.
1: Thank and you, And Tom Micah. Felton, and about... <laughs> <laughs> the other people in
2: well, it, but you
3: know what? They've all read it now, and that's well, except maybe Michael Gammon. But then that's that's you well, know. Wow, this what. is really just <laughs> no. This is going no. great, guys. Yes. <laughs> the second this Andrew leaves, no top-notch um, content right here. Okay, guys. So guys, so what about uh, what about the James? You know, this is
2: all going at the end. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say anything, guys. Don't. You know, I try to I try to get conversation starters going, and you two just sit there.
2: Well, there's okay. a lot of new people here.
3: Yeah. Guys, lost what our leader? What do you think about James? <laughs> I know. The James cast. Fearless
1: leader. We can't do it. Am I even here? He's
3: busy on the phone with Ivana. I'm not even here anymore, am I?
1: <laughs> well, do you what do you guys think of the way she looks? Like, do you think is she does she look the way you imagine Luna to look or no? Maybe, kinda. I, can
3: I can't hear, you, hear you, Eric.
1: Yeah, I can hear you typing, well, but Well, because
3: I okay. brought up like a hundred thousand points and nobody heard me. We hear you. Aaron? I didn't
1: hear it at all. <laughs>
3: yeah, Go ahead. not hear anything. I, Andrew, all I right, think I'm when back. you muted me, I think that totally. I didn't mute anyone. Oh, uh, well.
0: Muted my mic.
3: Yeah, I think that might have muted me. <laughs> I hit the little <laughs> red button on my well, microphone. I'm sorry, but your little red button is like
2: <laughs> controls me. <laughs> And my computer. <laughs> injury, I think we just okay. took care of the bloopers for the of the show that. <laughs> did those, you? that okay. those last three minutes. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Um. So, what do you guys talk about?
1: <laughs> Nothing.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: okay. like sitting here trying to start this, and they both <sighs> just sit there, and I'm like, "What the hell?"
0: You sitting ducks, you losers. Okay. Here, well, should we start that again, and then Eric can yeah, bring up those three duplicate. million points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how did I
2: intro Luna? I forget now. And then the other people who were
0: cast were Natalia Tina. Natal-
3: Natalia. <laughs> Natalia. Natal- Natalia. 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 How do you say it?
1: Natalia. Natalia. Natalia.
3: Natalia. Not Natalia. It's, it's Natalia. No, it really is
1: Natalia. Natalia.
3: I know her personally. It's Natalia. Like Andrew said. Natalia
0: and Tina? Kenna? <laughs> oh, forget it. Natalia! <laughs>
2: Natalia! Natalia. <Have you> <laughs> seen
0: Goldeneye? Natal- no, Natalia Tina? Was oh, she
2: playing Goldeneye? Who cares? No, That's Natalia the question. Was the- <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> Natalia was the Bond girl in Goldeneye. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs>
1: That wasn't an attack on Ben, by the way.
3: It felt it felt bad, but I, I have no problem with Ben editing the show.
0: I can't believe I
3: lost this. As I had mentioned earlier, I think the problem with last week's show was content. Actually, what we did talk about or what we didn't talk about, rather than the quality of the show. So forgive me, Ben. Because he's going to listen and be like, Oh, that hurt, Eric. He's not going to... I'm not putting this part in. Just tell him over aim.
0: <laughs> Seriously.
1: Who's editing this week? Me. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs>
3: you guys I'm
2: like I'm like I'm sorry Ben and you're not like thank god